Perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I am Bill Snyder, and it is a pleasure to have you listening to the program, no matter where you're listening from, whether that be on the radio, Light of Life Radio in West Virginia, or you're listening to us on a podcast in Wisconsin. Thank you so much for tuning in to Young Catholics Respond and being here today. Of course, we're very, very happy and pleased to always have Breadbox Media as our sponsor, and we encourage you to check out our website at patchworkheart.org. Today, my guest on Young Catholics Respond is Jimmy Aiken, and Jimmy is an internationally known author and speaker. As a senior apologist at Catholic Answers, he has spent more than 25 years of experiencing, defending, and explaining the Catholic faith. Jimmy is a convert to the faith and has extensive background in the Bible, theology, the Church Fathers, philosophy, canon law, and liturgy. Jimmy is a weekly guest on the national radio program Catholic Answers Live, a regular contributor Catholic Answers Magazine, and a popular blogger and podcaster. His personal site is jimmyaiken.com. Jimmy, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for being here on Young Catholics Respond. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to talk about uh, your new your newest book. <laughs> uh, that is Teaching with Authority, How to Cut Through the Doctrinal Confusion and Understand What the Church Really Says. So... Um, Let's talk a little bit about this, because the, uh, there's many people out there who don't even believe the Church has authority anymore in the world today, right? Um, yeah, and so. that's why I, I titled the book as I did. It's a reference to the Gospel of Mark, where uh, the crowds are amazed at the way Jesus taught. He taught as one who had authority, and he then went on to share his teaching authority with his church. And so uh, when the church teaches, it's not just opinion, it's not just a bunch of arbitrary things, it's something that is actually backed by Christ's own authority. Beautiful. And so and so, what do you say to somebody who says, that's all hogwash? Well, if someone is coming from a, a, a fundamentally non-Christian perspective, I'd say, oh, let's talk about the, the credentials of the Christian faith. Let's talk about um, why Christianity is true, and that gets us into the overall apologetic enterprise. But then uh, for someone who is a Christian, I'd say, wait a minute, well, if you say Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you need to take seriously what he said, and he conferred his teaching authority on the Church. So you need to, therefore, uh, take what the Church has to say seriously. As he uh, indicated in the Gospel, uh, according to Luke, if you, if they hear you talking to his ministers, they hear me, and if they reject you, they reject me and him who sent me. So you can't simply dismiss uh, the teachings that come to us through the Church without dismissing Christ. And, you know, the, a, a big word comes up, I think, uh, as truth, right? I mean, you, you, know, you mentioned truth in there, and, and so uh, does this book also help with uh, battling relativism out there a little bit because, because of um, my truth versus your truth versus the truth of the Catholic Church? <laughs> 
In a basic way, it does. In the early chapters, I I lay the foundation for the church's teaching authority. It's not primarily focused on relativism, though. It's really meant to help people understand what the church teaches and to be able to figure that out for themselves. Uh, There's lots of confusion these days out there. The media, the secular media, is a notorious source of misinformation and distortion about what the church teaches. And unfortunately, it's not limited these days to the secular media. There are a lot of people on the internet, whether it's on social media or on Catholic blogs, who unfortunately are spreading a lot of confusion themselves, who are uh, making ill-founded charges and who clearly don't understand what the church teaches, even though they are professing Catholics. So this is in a book that's meant to allow people to uh, figure out for themselves what the church teaches and be able to cut through the voices of confusion. Yeah, and so, uh, as you mentioned, the media, but not but not just that, there are voices within the church and, and outside the church that create this confusion, and and so when what are those topics that most frequently create that confusion? You know, when, when we're out there talking about the Catholic Church, we're talking about specific issues, right? Uh, typically, uh, what, are, what are those issues that, that are commonly discussed that are misunderstood, doctrines of the Church? Well, there are a bunch of them. Um, I mean, ever since the 1960s, contraception has been one that's that's been widely uh, discussed and debated. Uh, more recently, we have things, you know, during the pontificate of Pope Francis that have become controversial. There are a lot of different things, but at root, the source of the confusion involves not reading church documents carefully and not being able to understand them properly when you do read them. Uh, this is something that it was really the fundamental motive for me writing the book, because it, working in apologetics for more than 25 years now, I've worked closely all that time with church documents. And one of the things that became clear to me is that you really do have to read carefully, and you have to understand the language that uh, that churchmen use when they write authoritative documents. It's like reading the Bible. The Bible is another authoritative text that people widely misunderstand, and there are lots of books out there that'll help you understand the Bible, loads of books about biblical interpretation, but there's almost no books about church interpretation, about how to read a church document and understand what it really says. And the few books that are like that are mostly written for theologians and seminarians. They're not written for ordinary people, and so they presuppose a lot of knowledge that most people are never given the opportunity to learn because it's it's not taught on the parish level. Here's how you read a church document. And so I wanted to write a book that's like a book on Bible interpretation, but that's focused on church documents. So you will be given the tools to read and understand the sources of church teaching for yourself. You know, that's so beautiful, and it's such a need. You really filled a big hole in the church uh, with this book, right? Uh, To be able to um, create a tool that can help the, the layperson understand and go through you know, any church document that, that they might want to know more about and, and understand what the church is proclaiming and talking about, um, that kind of begs the question, Jimmy, uh, what are the important church documents that one should read if they, if they are 
you know, venturing off into learning more about Catholicism with with the lens of understanding it through your book? Well, um, it's the book is really designed to help with any kind of church document. In a couple of the chapters, I go through the different types of documents, because people hear periodically about different ones. Most people have heard of encyclicals, and so I talk about what encyclicals are. But then there are dozens of other different types of documents. Um, <clears throat> for example, a, a few years ago, the term motu proprio was out there because Pope Benedict was rumored to be issuing a motu proprio that would deal with the uh, Latin mass, and he eventually did. And so I talk about what motu proprios are. More recently, Pope Francis uh, issued what's called a post-synodal apostolic exhortation um, known as uh, Amoris Laetitiae. And so I talk about what apostolic exhortations are. And I go through all the different types of papal documents, and council documents, because of course ecumenical councils are also uh, important uh, occasions when the church teaches, uses its teaching authority. And so I talk about all the different types of documents. I explain uh, what their relative strengths are, how they fall on kind of a spectrum of authority. And, um, and in general, I try to give a broad background in here's how to understand uh, church teaching documents. Of course, these days, uh, the most central teaching document the church has issued is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. That's kind of the starting point if you want to get a, a basic sense of what the church teaches on an issue. First step is look it up in the Catechism. And so I talk about the Catechism, the kind of authority it has, uh, which incidentally is not infallible. It's not. It, it does mention infallible teachings, but the Catechism itself Cardinal Ratzinger, later Pope Benedict, told us is not itself infallible, which is important to know. Um, the most important document when you're uh, dealing with some claim that's being made on in the media or on social media or on a Catholic blog somewhere, though, is whatever the document is being discussed. So if the media is saying, the Pope just taught this, well, the starting point is go to find the relevant document in which he allegedly said whatever the media is claiming and read that document for yourself. And I tell you how to find those documents. Uh, it, you don't have to just take a few snippets of quotation from the media. You can read it for yourself and make your own decision about what the Pope was saying. You know, that's that, again, is so beautiful and so relevant to um what is needed in today's world with all this misinformation that's out there. Um, you know, so, so when you hear something out there, what, where, um, just give us an example of, of where you should turn, uh, Usually, the starting point these days is the Vatican website, uh, vatican.va. It's not the e most easily organized website, and frankly, it's often easiest to go through Google to find what you want on it. But uh, it does do a pretty good job of getting the new statements from the Pope in out on the web and in English in a timely manner. Occasionally, there's a little lag about getting the English version out, but normally they're actually quite good about that, especially any major papal document. They're going to have an English translation ready to go as soon as the document is announced. Wonderful. Um, you know, just for our listeners, you are listening to uh, the voice of Jimmy Aiken. He is a, a senior apologist at Catholic Answers, and uh, we're talking with him today about his um, brand new book, 
which uh, is entitled Teaching with Authority, How to Cut Through the Doctrinal Confusion and Understand What the Church Really Says. Um, and Jimmy, or thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's really a pleasure to be talking to you and, uh, and, and helping us cut through uh, the, uh, the quagmire of stuff that's out there uh, about the Catholic Church in the secular media, in the real media, um, in, in Catholic media, everywhere. Um, thank you for being here to help us do that. Again, the book to help us do that is Teaching with Authority, How to Cut Through the Doctrinal Confusion and Understand What the Church Really Says. And um, I have to take a short break here on Young Catholics Respond, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking with you about this topic because there's so much to unpack. So right here, uh, stay tuned right here, and right back after these messages, I'm Bill Snyder. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Hi everybody, Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Subscribe to the Patchwork Heart Radio Podcast. We are available on the Apple Podcast, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher, and AHA Radio mobile apps by searching for Patchwork Heart Radio. You can also visit patchworkheart.podbean.com to subscribe and listen to every episode of Young Catholics Respond, inspirational talks, and other Catholic media content. Thanks for listening and being a part of our heart. Do you want to keep your finger on the pulse of Patchwork Heart Ministry? Follow our monthly blog, Written on Our Hearts. Simply go to patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com and click subscribe and follow the on-screen instructions. That's patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com, then click subscribe. For nearly 500 years, the people of Mexico have taken advantage of a promise made by the Queen of Heaven. In the year 1531, Our Lady appeared to a humble Aztec Indian and revealed herself to be the mother of the one true God. Telling Saint Juan Diego that she desired a temple to be built in her honor, she promised that she would help all those who appealed to her motherly love and protection. To seal this promise, our Blessed Mother left an image of herself that has been miraculously preserved and can be seen by all who visit the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. Our Lady is not a liar. For nearly five centuries, millions of people from throughout Mexico have made pilgrimages to the Shrine, either seeking Our Lady's help or thanking her for a petition granted. Today, more than ever, she is ready to help you or any of her children who seek her assistance. 
To learn more about how you can visit this remarkable shrine and bring your own petitions to our Blessed Mother, please visit vivaguadalupe.org. This is Martha Fernanda Sardina with your Love Minute. Are you married? Do you wish you were married? Do you know that marriage is a love relationship, a lifelong love relationship? It requires a lot of love giving. What your spouse needs the most, what your spouse deserves the most is you. Time with you, your listening, your attentive listening, your heart, your love. Love requires you to open up and allow the other to enter in. Love is cultivated by spending time together. Love is cultivated every time you go on a date, when you pray together, when you make sure that the sun does not go down on your anger. Would you want to have a happy marriage in which you give love and get love? Learn. Learn how to love. Spending time with the beloved of our souls, Jesus Christ. Marriage is worth it. Work on it. Find more on love at facebook.com slash remember you are loved. And remember, you are loved. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back to the program. I am Bill Snyder. Uh, Today we are talking with Jimmy Aiken, Senior Apologist at Catholic Answers, about his new book, Teaching with Authority, How to Cut Through Doctrinal Confusion and Understand What the Church Really Says. We had a fascinating conversation um, in the first half of the program. I encourage you to rewind it on the podcast and listen to it again, uh, or if you're catching it live on the air, to find the podcast at patchworkheart.org and subscribe to us and listen to the first half, uh, because he truly really does a great job of helping us understand this core issue that's out there in the church today. So many different uh, sources of information. Which one do we believe? How do we cut through all of that confusion and understand really what the church is teaching? And and then be able to make up our minds when we do read, read or hear something out there uh, in the world. But Jimmy, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the um, specific things that, um, you know, and delve a little bit deeper into some of the questions that, that people might have in their hearts uh, around this issue, right? So I think a big one is, at first is to understand what is the difference between doctrine and dogma, and as Catholics, yeah. what do we have to do? So uh, this question comes up all the time. Uh, basically, a doctrine is anything that the church teaches. So um, it's different than, for example, a law or a practice or something like that. For example, clerical celibacy, the fact that priests aren't married normally, that's not a doctrine, that's a practice. Um, it's not a church teaching that priests have to be unmarried. In fact, there are married Catholic priests. Um, but uh, if the church teaches something authoritatively, that makes it a doctrine. Uh, the Latin word doctrina just means teaching, and so anytime the church engages its teaching authority, that makes a doctrine. Um, now, there's a different. there are different kinds of doctrine, and so within the realm of doctrine, you have some doctrines, for example, that are non-infallible, they have not been taught infallibly. Then you have other doctrines that have been taught infallibly, and within that set of infallible doctrines, there's a special set called dogmas. A dogma, the way the term is used in church documents, a dogma refers to a teaching that the church has infallibly said is divinely revealed. 
So it's not a teaching we know some other way. It's a teaching that God himself has told us is true. And so in order for something to qualify as a dogma, the church has to have infallibly said that this teaching is part of divine revelation. And if it's done that, then you have a dogma. Outside of the realm of dogma is theology, theological opinion. You can have all kinds of opinions about things that the church doesn't have a teaching on. And so uh, that's one thing we want to distinguish from the realm of doctrine is just the realm of theological opinion. Yeah, excellent. And and so where where do where do you see like uh, it's a it's, it, when when you look at a Catholic parish, you know, mm-hmm. and the average Catholic parishioner that goes to attend mass, this this shows geared toward you know helping young Catholics engage in their faith. Um, so whether that's you know college age or young adults, uh, they might be going to church uh, once twice a year, right? And that's, mm, that's just sometimes. the reality sometimes. And that's, and that's even if it's, you know, uh, and, and sometimes that's some, sometimes for them, that's doing really, really good um, going twice a year. But talk to us a little bit about, okay, like when, when I, when I walk into church, what am I hearing at, at the pulpit? You know, what am I hearing, um, you know, through the bulletins? What, what does that qualify as? Like, you know, if I'm reading something, what does, what does that yeah. qualify as? Well, a lot of things that you'll encounter, you know, aren't directly doctrinal at all. Um, like if you're reading a parish bulletin, it'll have the mass times in it, or it, and and those are that's just functional information about when to show up if you want to go to mass, or when to show up if you want to go to confession. Um, there, are, you'll find other things in a church bulletin. You'll find advertisements for local businesses. Some and and those aren't obviously church teaching either. Um, <laughs> They're just sponsors, and we all know how important sponsors can be. Um, But uh, you'll find occasionally something that gets a little closer to doctrine, and that would be like if there's a a message from the pastor, like a a reflection of some kind. And uh, those reflections will represent, for the most part, or often anyway, they'll represent his own opinion, his own take on things, so they're not necessarily authoritative, but he may, in the course of giving a reflection, he may uh, mention church teachings that are authoritative. And so you shouldn't simply dismiss what he has to say is, oh, that's just his opinion. You have to kind of do a sifting, a sorting, and say, well, okay, here's this statement he made. Is that his opinion, or is that something the church actually teaches? And that's where it's important, for example, to go back and look at the catechism to see, does the catechism say the same thing that he just said? Because if it does, then the church is teaching it in in with at least some degree of authority. The same uh, sort of considerations apply to when he gives a homily. Um, when he gives a homily, they're, you know, they're, they tend to be based on the readings for the day. And so on a fundamental level, well, this is his opinion about how the readings uh, should be applied, what they mean, and so forth. But in the course of giving his opinion, he's likely to mention things that are church teaching. And so once again, you have to kind of do a sifting or a sorting to uh, if you want to discern, okay, well, what what's obligatory here versus what's a suggestion for me to consider? And you'll find both in in a typical homily. Yeah, and you know, so if something really resonates with you, you know, I, often oftentimes, you know, I always tell young adults that you know, I I go to mass 
for the Eucharist. I don't go to Mass, you know, because homilies can vary. But there are so many people who do this. You know, I'm going to go to Mass for this priest. <laughs> I'm going to go to Mass to hear this message because it resonates with them, or they like it, or it fits their lifestyle, or it fits their, it fits whatever, right? Um, but but that priest could be in, you know. Error, right? I mean, a homily is not infallible. A homily, just because no. your favorite priest said it, doesn't mean that it's an infallible teaching of the church. <laughs> yeah, there's only one priest who's capable of of saying things infallibly, and that's the Pope, and he rarely does it. Yeah. So, so um, let let's talk a little bit about that. How many? You know, let's talk about the 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 number of infallible statements in the church. Like, you know, is it limited only to dogma or? Can, can there be an infallible statement that is not dogma? There can be infallible statements that are not dogma. Um, you'll remember that the uh, definition of dogma is something that the Church has infallibly said is divinely revealed. But the Church also has the ability, in certain circumstances, to t- teach infallibly even though it hasn't said this is divinely revealed. So there are infallible teachings that aren't dogmas. This is something a lot of people comes as kind of a surprise to them. Uh, there are some of those. Um, they, in terms of the overall number of infallible teachings of a doctrinal nature, um, it's a little hard to estimate. Uh, ecumenical councils like Vatican uh, I and the Council of Trent uh, made infallible statements. Some ecumenical councils, though, didn't. Vatican II is an example of an ecumenical council that didn't make any new infallible teachings. There are some other examples, some councils back a number of centuries ago that also met and taught but didn't choose to use their infallibility. In terms of popes, uh, there's a difference of opinion among scholars about how many papal documents uh, cont- contain infallible statements. Now, the whole document, when you do find a papal document that uh, is in, has something infallible in it, typically, and especially recently, it's just going to be one sentence. Like when Pius IX and uh, Pius Twelfth defined the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of Mary, they wrote these big documents called Apostolic Constitutions, but only one sentence in each document was the infallible part. All the rest was background. And wow. so you you have to you have to be very careful about what you're identifying as infallible. But when scholars uh, discuss how many of these documents have popes issued, uh, there's a range of opinion. Some scholars take a kind of minimalist approach and say, well, it's just two. It's just the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of Mary. Others would propose that it's more than that, maybe around 12 or 14. Most scholars think it's somewhere in the middle, like six or eight uh, papal documents have contained infallible statements. And sometimes they'll contain more than one statement. So it's not like there are just six or eight things that the popes have infallibly taught. It's more than that, but six or eight documents where this happens. And in the book, I actually go through those. I talk about the proposed candidates and uh, whether or not they seem to meet the tests for whether something's infallible. And my own opinion is, I'm, I'm, I'm like most scholars, I, I think it's somewhere in the middle, about six or eight times popes have done that. I should mention, though, that uh, there is a debate about whether saint canonizations that popes have made are infallible. And uh, some people think that saint canonizations are infallible. Others don't think that the circumstances 
apply to allow the church to infallibly define those, um, because it doesn't, in in their opinion, seem necessary to be able to say for absolute certainty that someone is in heaven in order to protect yeah. the Catholic faith. Yeah. No, fascinating stuff. Um, Jimmy, I wish we had more time, but we just don't. So I want to make sure listeners can um, get the uh, get the book. So tell yeah. us where they can get it. Well, it's available on Amazon.com. It's available in paperback. You can also get it in Kindle. So you can uh, download it and be reading it on your computer or your Kindle device or your phone in just moments. You can have it just moments from now. You can also, if you have a Kindle device, you can have your Kindle device read it to you out loud if you like audiobooks like I do. Uh, you could also go to shop.catholic.com and get it there, or you can go to your local Catholic bookstore and have them uh, get it for you. Awesome, awesome stuff. Again, the title of the book? Teaching, teaching with, with Authority. Yeah, yeah Teaching cut, with Authority. How to Cut Through Doctrinal Confusion and, under, and Understand what the church really says. Jimmy Aiken, thank you so much for being here today on Young Catholics Respond. It's a pleasure to have you on, and uh, with your next book, we'll have you back on. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bill. Yes, well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. This has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. For more information about our program, or to be a guest, visit patchworkheart.org, email info at patchworkheart.org, or call 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Hi everybody, Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org.